Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. Really nice. Yeah, I feel like I'm feeling the flow. Man, I'm going to be on the back of a cigarette boat <laughs> the lake all weekend. Mm-hmm. Just talking sports. Yeah. Getting reps. See so, yeah, a balloon party on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Uh, from the 314, why does the show have to change at 10? Bring Danny Mac back. Ah, good, from... good start. <laughs> on the way to get the program underway. Uh, coming up at 1015, the Colonel, Gabriel P. Diarman, classmate of mine at the University of Missouri Journalism School, will join us to talk uh, what is going on with conference realignment? Out of nowhere, I, I went to a meeting uh, with a client yesterday and a couple members of the uh, Hubbard Radio sales staff. Uh, 11.45, came back, saw Action Jackson at 1.15. We had another meeting at 1.30. And uh, said to Jackson, what's going on? And he goes, oh, just all this stuff with USC, UCLA. And I go, oh, what's going on? No idea. Just if you're, if you're out of touch for 90 minutes. Yeah. The whole college athletic landscape trend Absolutely. changed. Yeah, turned right on its head. And I saw Randy tweeted this. We're both up early in the morning for our respective shows. And uh, I saw him tweet the Dennis Dodd column. Uh, now, I want to make this clear. And I assume that Randy and Alexa talked about it uh, on uh, Carriker and Smallman this morning. And Alexa was filling in for Michelle. Uh, that this is not this is not a report to be clear. Let me make the truth. This is not a report, to be clear, but Dennis Dodd, who's been covering college athletics for a long time, uh, talks about the possibility of conferences going, oh, well, if we can trade out schools, then maybe we'll look to add, but then that means we may subtract. So he wrote, Clemson, Florida State, Miami have a decision to make. Industry sources believe it's a reasonable expectation that the ACC powers had previously inquired with the SEC, possibly even the Big Ten. The possibility of $80 million to $100 million in annual media rights trumps anything the ACC can produce through the length of the current TV deal that ends in 2036. However, even a hefty penalty for breaking the grant of rights, rumored to be more than $50 million, could be financed over that period. Those schools would still come out ahead of what they're making in the ACC. After Texas and Oklahoma roosted in the SEC, there were only a handful of schools that had options in realignment. Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, Miami, USC, and UCLA. Along with Notre Dame, USC's probably had the most leverage. And then he goes on to wonder if the SEC would look at doing something like shipping out Missouri and Vanderbilt to make room for these ACC schools. Now, to be clear, 
He's not saying that that would happen. He says, so, out with Vanderbilt in Missouri, in with Clemson and Miami, out with Indiana and Purdue, and in with Oregon and Washington. The Big East booted Temple in 2001 for underperformance. Kansas State was on the verge of dropping football. Yet the Big 8 didn't drop at first before Bill Snyder arrived in 1989. It's a long shot, but judging by the events of Thursday, the scenario is not out of the question. Uh, so that's Dennis Dodd, and Randy tweeted that out, and I was reading that. And so we'll talk about all of the potential scenarios with Gabe. Plus, I'm sure we'll talk about some Missouri football as well. He's yep. going to join us coming up at 10:15. The Cardinals are in Philadelphia this weekend, and then in Atlanta for the 4th of July as the Cardinals try to bounce back after uh, the tough loss on Wednesday night, but still a good two out of three from the Marlins. And we will see how things play out with Matthew Libertor, who's going to get the start tomorrow night, Wainwright, on Sunday. And Jackson, you have a story that you would like to uh, discuss here on Balloon Party before we uh, talk it over with the Colonel. Yeah, you know. What's going on? Tell Tell me the story you would like to tell me and our audience about. And, of course, the audience is welcome to interact by texting into the Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. You know, I often get flack um, from listeners and just people in general that uh, I'm a big fan of the association, the National Basketball Association, Mm. in fact. And the the, the line I hear most often is, nobody in St. Louis cares about the NBA. I hear it all the time. Yet there's data real data, like not your subjective opinion about the sport, to say that the NBA is actually more popular in St. Louis than hockey when the Blues aren't in the Stanley Cup. Oh, wow. Okay. I see what you're saying. I thought you were about to say the NBA is more popular in hockey in St. Louis, and I was just about to say I might just have to step out and let Little Piddles handle the next 45 minutes on his own. You can talk it over with the Colonel. No, but in years, um, 2010 through 2018, and in the past uh, two or three years, 2019, obviously not in there. The NBA Finals have better TV ratings in St. Louis than the Stanley Cup Finals. You are citing Dan Caesar's article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this morning in which he reports the NBA Finals were seen in an average of 4.7% of homes in the St. Louis market. And the NHL number was 3.0. And he says from 2010 uh, through 2019, the NBA Finals averaged a 7.5 rating in St. Louis. From 2010 through 2018, because you took the Blues number out in 2019, the Stanley Cup figure is 3.3. That's well more than a 2-to-1 difference. I read from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this morning. Do you feel Do you feel some sort of vindication here? I mean, you can fly to the Hamptons and celebrate when you land in Teterboro? I mean, what, what's going on? This is a little quote. I've heard it often. Women lie, men lie, numbers don't. Wow. So, One of the most but, poignant moments in the history of this radio station. I'm just saying that, you know, you can have your opinion. You're absolutely allowed to have your opinion, as am I. But when you say that nobody in St. Louis cares about the NBA, I, I, we have statistics that prove that you are incorrect on that. Or maybe that it isn't that popular, but then you also have to say that hockey outside of the blues is also not popular. Your choice. I mean, do what you want. I'm going to still enjoy the NBA. Everyone can still enjoy hockey. But when it comes time when someone talks about it, you know, maybe keep your opinions that or keep your thoughts that 
St. Louis doesn't support the NBA to yourself because that's just not true. Well, it's not playing well in the Air Comfort Service text inbox at the moment, but maybe the wind will change and the players will start having more advantageous shots. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, duh. We like basketball. We just don't like to hear Richie Rich ramble <laughs> about his men's under 30 rec team. That's from the 636. BS, Jackson, this is fake news. Plus, nobody gives a flying F about basketball. Shut the F up, little boy. That is from the 636. LOL, people in general come up to you, so does people walk up to you on the street and harass you about liking basketball. They slide tackle tackle me, usually. Uh, the fast lane called Jackson out for not playing mic drops. That's from the 636. Wow. I am in lockstep now with Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, and Anthony Stalter. And, it's probably Marsh. and Marsh Marsh Baby. Yeah, Marshy Marsh. <laughs> you are stifling freedom of expression on this radio show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you read the text. You want to hear that in audio versions? I don't. Um, I see a lot of people saying, you know, well, there's the local kid, but then how do you explain the eight years prior to the Blues winning a Stanley Cup? David Lee? Sup, D. Lee? Sup, Tim? He's talking you? Pat Good. McCaw. I mean, are people really tuning in for those? I love David Lee and Pat McCaw, but they're not Jason Tatum. So, I mean, you don't have an explanation for that. Jackson, nobody I know gives a rat's ass about basketball. It's from the 314. So you're admitting that you're living inside of a vacuum. <clears throat> Once again, women lie, men lie. Numbers don't. Who you hurt, Lil Piddles? That's in the 314. Yeah, see, this is how it goes. They come over the top. I've been, we've been doing the show about six months exactly, and all I've gotten was just criticize, criticize, criticize. And today you feel like is your day to circle the bases and celebrate. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like Rocky at the at the top of the stairs in, in Rocky 1. bum ba dum ba dum ba da bum ba dum ba dum ba da Tell that rich kid to, boy, they're coming in so fast, I can't keep up. (laughs) Tell that rich kid to go to a proletariat sports bar. That is so Orwellian. I tipped my cap. Didn't see it coming. In the bi-state area and see if a game from the association is on TV. That's from the 314. I went over across the street of game one of the NBA Finals. It was on all the big TVs. It was great. Good job, Jackson. You proved that the four point whatever percent of non-born and raised in St. Louis people watch basketball. You suck almost as much as the NBA. That's from the three one four. Okay. Well, I mean, then you got to ask why are the NHL numbers so low when the Blues aren't, aren't in it? Thought this, you know, I don't, I don't know. Clearly, maybe. I mean, and it could be that people just don't watch hockey outside of the Blues, but then. And that could be. I have to tell you, I actually find myself... Now, listen, I'm, I'm emotionally invested when the Blues are playing to the point of it affects my moods. But uh, I look forward to watching the Stanley Cup playoffs first round or Stanley Cup final. Sure. Uh, the NBA, like, for example, when the Raptors won a few years ago. Yeah, that that was wasn't bad. that into That it. was bad, yeah. But this year, I was into it, but I'm not, like, on the on the brink of... I'm, I really didn't want to see... I was, like, yelling right. at the TV no, when the, no. the Avalanche were winning, and I was hoping that the Lightning would score and yeah. force overtime. So, But that's that's the Cronky right. and, the, and the Colorado Bizarro World Media yeah. uh, thing that played a role in my emotions on that. You know, like when it was VGK in the Capitals, I wasn't, like, screaming at the TV. Sure. It was, I was irritated by the, the Golden Knights uniforms. Oh, so bad. Clip art uniforms. But, uh, but I wasn't emotionally invested. 
But I love watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. Honestly, taking a step back and uh, you know getting away from Jackson, circling the bases and taunting the crowd here today, um, I'm surprised by those numbers. Not that I'm not that I'm surprised that the NBA has a following. Sure, I know sure. that, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the Stanley Cup playoffs were that low. That's yeah. actually what I'm. Stanley Cup Finals, excuse me, were that low. Yeah. Uh, guys, the numbers are inflated by Jackson's dozens of televisions. He <laughs> now that's fair. That, that's a point I didn't consider. If we didn't. Uh, I wish we had tickets to give away. You might be alive <laughs> for that. All right, Gabe Diarman's going to join us to talk about college uh, sports realignment, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. What is next? What would the SEC be doing? Will the Big Ten be looking to bring in Notre Dame? What is another move for the Big Ten? I'm sure we'll talk Missouri football as well as the season starts in two months. Uh, all of that is coming your way next. And then we have Lil Piddles. Friday, arbitrary fun with percentages, I believe. Yeah, it's a little parlay action, a little fun with arbitrary percentages. It's all good stuff. Okay, well, that's coming your way here on Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN, also known as the Little Piddles has alienated the audience show. I haven't seen the Air Comfort Service text line with this kind of anger since we debuted. Yeah, it feels like, so good. Literally since the day we debuted. Yeah, it's today feels extra special. I'm really feeling good about myself right now. Jackson. Wow, what a moment. What a signature moment on his timeline. Six months into the show, you decided to go full out heel. Yep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line here on Balloon Party from the University of Missouri Journalism School class of 1998. You can also find him at powermizzou.com. And uh, since he got rid of Twitter, he now communicates on Twitter from Power Mizzou's account so people can't yell directly at him. It's Gabe DeArmond. Yeah, the gallery's uh, excited about it. Morning, Colonel. Hey, uh, alienating the audience is like, that's right up my alley, man. I'm on the right show. (laughs) I took a page out of your book. You've come to the right place then, uh, Colonel. How surprised were you by what took place yesterday afternoon? I had no idea that was even being discussed, to be honest. I mean, I'd I'd talked to just some friends in the business and stuff who over the last six months kind of had said, I think USC is like the prize here. Um, I I think this is going to go fully off the rails and and somebody's going to go after USC. I I was surprised it happened yesterday. I mean, I saw John Wilner tweet, uh, you know, I think the world's about to change. And and I sent that to some people and they were like, well, what's that about? I said, I think it's got to be about the Pac-12 and that's got to mean USC, right? And then literally like 52 minutes later or something, it was, hey, uh, USC's applied to the Big Ten with UCLA, and like five hours later they were in. Mm -hmm. And and I just – my main takeaway was – I mean, you guys remember 2009 to 2011 was – it was realignment every day. Missouri had like nine curators meetings, and the governor was talking, and and there were different stories every day. And now it just takes like four hours in major college sports superpowers change leagues. It was. It was a, it was a years-long process. Thought it was going to be the Big Ten. Then the SEC popped in. We had Nebraska, Colorado, and, of course, Missouri and A&M, and it took forever. And this came out of nowhere. And in a matter of hours, USC and UCLA are a part of the Big Ten. Uh, do you anticipate the Big Ten going beyond 
those schools and potentially bringing in others, whether it be Oregon Stanford, whether it be Cal, uh, Washington, Notre Dame. What do you think the next play here is, Colonel? Well, and like I want to be clear, I have no sources or information on any of this, right? I'm I'm kind of reading along with with people like like everybody else is. Um, I, there's two things that I think make sense. One is the Big Ten and the SEC are just saying we're better than all of you, and we're going to do kind of our own thing. And whether that number is 18 or 20 or 24, who knows? Uh, the other thing is we end up with either three or four major conferences, whether that number is 20 or 16 or whatever. Um, But one of the power five, I I think is clearly, at least one is clearly going to go away, whether the PAC 12 tries to absorb what, you know, the new big 12 or the new big 12 tries to absorb most of what's left of the current PAC 12, whether the ACC breaks up because, if you're Clemson or North Carolina, Florida State, Miami, these schools in the ACC that are locked into this TV deal through 2036, I, I mean, the last report I saw, ACC schools are getting like $17 million a year off their TV deal. SEC schools are getting 44 and it's going up. Mm-hmm. Big Ten schools are getting 50-something, and it's going up. So if you're Clemson, you're going, hang on, how can we do this? And I I mean, you know, contracts are made to be broken. I don't know what the number is, but if you extrapolate $17 million over 14 years, that comes out to about $240 million. Well, if you're Florida State, aren't you looking and going, well, we can give that up because we go to the SEC, we make $240 million in four years. Mm -hmm. Like like we're good by 2028. Um, So is the ACC safe? I I don't know. Um, I think the – the schools that know they're safe are the ones that are as of today into or going into the Big Ten and the SEC. Other than that, like we can all look around and say we think these schools almost certainly would have landing spots. Notre Dame still controls its own path, and whether that means it has to eventually join a conference or not, who knows. But, you know, if you're out there, I mean, there's a lot of schools that are where Missouri was in 2011, which is, I mean – I hope we're okay, but but you don't really know that. Okay, well, that that's where I was going with my follow-up question. Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou with us talking uh, all of this conference realignment as USC and UCLA are now a part of the Big Ten with Illinois. Missouri, of course, you would imagine would be safe, as you just said. And it's not to say that Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports knows anything, but this article uh, got people talking, and he wrote, uh, one conference official reminded me that schools commit to a conference, not the other way around. So, out with Vanderbilt and Missouri and in with Clemson and Miami, out with Indiana and Purdue and in with Oregon and Washington, the Big East booted Temple in 2001 for underperformance. Kansas State was on the verge of dropping football if the Big Eight didn't drop it first before Bill Snyder arrived in 1989. It's a long shot, but judging by the events of Thursday, the scenario is not out of the question. Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on what Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports wrote, Gabe? So it happened to Temple in the Big East in 2001. So we just think that's what major conferences are going to do now. It's <laughs> our precedent. You know, well, hey, guys, they did it to Temple, so we're safe. Um, I, look, here's what I love and hate about realignment. You literally can say anything. There's no penalty for being wrong. Well, that's essentially uh, the media. <laughs> right. Last night there was some guy, there was some guy that tweeted, Oregon and Washington – 
sources are telling, I don't know, whatever outlet he works for, it was like fifth quarter or something, which I don't know, maybe a, it may be a partner of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, and it may be a blog some guy started in his basement. I truly don't know. But um, he, he tweeted, Oregon and Washington have applied for membership in the Big Ten. Decision should come by the end of the night. Well, like 40 minutes later, Ross Dellinger, who is, is reputable and doesn't just throw things against the wall in general, I think, uh, tweets out, hey, you know, I, I don't think nothing is is imminent. Like, yeah, there could be some movement. Things are, you know, people are going to talk, but nothing is going to imminently happen. So then the original guy follows up with a retweet of Ross and says, well, decision may not happen as soon as I thought. Like, within an hour, you've just said, oh, yeah, that thing I said, like, I just kind of wanted to say that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, you're exactly right. We've, we've, been, we've been talking about this with the uh, Doug Gottlieb uh, story on – on what happened with Freddie Freeman. Like, is there any repercussions? And in that case, it sounds like no, there actually I, might I be mean, litigation. Well, go back to, to when Missouri was going through this. There, There is a radio station across the state from you guys that, like, I remember it said Missouri's, you know, either going to the Big Ten or has an invitation to join the Big Ten or whatever. And then when it didn't happen, it was just – well, we don't report things, guys. We're not we're not journal. We're just telling you what's out there. We don't report that. But if that had happened, it, it would have been years of you know who broke this. Right, you're and, right. And that, I, I just try to explain to people over and over the difference, the way you can delineate somebody who is a an actual member of the media and b like actually does it right is. There, there are repercussions for being wrong. I, I mean, if I go out right now and say, hey, I'm hearing the SEC is going to kick Missouri out, well, like when that doesn't happen, I have to find a new job. Yeah. Right? There's no there, – there's, there's, there's a penalty for that. If Johnny Tiger 27 says it on Twitter or if – like no offense, but if a radio if, – if a radio host says it on Twitter, hey, this could happen – well, I didn't say it was going to happen. I just bet it could happen. <laughs> could happen. Now yeah, you always I mean, always like, hedge with could, right? I mean, I, like on the way home, I could get a call from somebody that says we're going to offer you twenty seven million dollars to never work again. No, it's probably not going to happen. But I mean, I guess theoretically it could. <laughs> it, it's all nuts, man, and and I love it. Not having to cover it, I kind of love it. But it, I mean, you remember during the first realignment or the whatever. 2010 was i mean like we were legitimately in a position where people were going well here's what the dude from west virginia says here's what frank the tank thinks like what are we doing here Uh, Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou with us here on Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN. Um, This is, of course, as we're talking about, it's not like we know, but what do you think will wind up happening with Clemson, Carolina, Miami, Florida State? Five years from now, where are they playing? Right. Those are the four biggest kind of entities in the SEC. I, I think Virginia and Virginia Tech are an interesting one. I mean, Virginia might be able to either go to the SEC or the Big Ten. You know, um, I, I, again, it all comes back to that that contract. And, I mean, contracts in college sports are, I, I don't know if they mean anything or not, but they're in this god-awful TV deal until 2036. But if I'm at any of those schools, after yesterday, I have called my lawyers and said, figure out what the penalty is. 
figure out what it takes, you know, tomorrow in two years in six years, figure out what the, what the money is because we need to be thinking about doing this. Um, I, who knows where they'll end up? Cause like I said, I don't think anybody really knows the, the path, but the, the other thing, everybody keeps bringing things up like, well, you know, Carolina doesn't go without Duke and Virginia doesn't go without Virginia tech. And you got to think about this and that. There are no rules, guys. A&M told Texas to, to go pee in the wind, and then Oklahoma just left Oklahoma State. Everybody said USC would, would never not play Stanford. I, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast last night that brought up the point. UCLA and Cal are legitimately in the same university system, and they're now in different leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are no rules. All these things that we look at and say we think this applies, it doesn't apply. It's just every single person for himself, which is how we got here in the beginning. Because it, it, uh, Texas and, to a lesser extent, Oklahoma, if they had just said in 2008, hey, we really got to work this out. We, we got to make sure Nebraska and Missouri and A&M and Colorado and all these places are, are happy, even if we take a little haircut because of it, we, we got to figure this out so that we don't blow up the sport. And then after those schools had left, if the power five commissioners had been able to come together and say, Hey guys, we all got to work together for the good of all of us. Then we don't get all this stuff, but they couldn't do that. I mean, even as, as recently as last summer, the ACC is going, no, we don't want this. We don't want this 12 team playoff with automatic bids. Well, ACC probably would like an automatic bid right now. Pac 12 would like an automatic bid right now. And then, I mean, Kevin Warren is legitimately in a room with the Pac-12 saying, hey, we all looked each other in the eyes and we're happy. Oh, by the way, USC and UCLA, yo, <laughs> you guys want to hook up after this? Uh, you know, so everybody is out for, for themselves. There are absolutely no rules. And anybody that says they know what's going to happen, I, I just think is is at best, you know, taking a not very educated guess. That's like the uh, meeting with uh, Marlon Brando and the Godfather and the heads of the five families. We're all in it together, and then just they walk away, and then it just becomes gangster on gangster crime. That's the way that this thing has gone down, because you're right. The Big Ten and Pac-12 were talking about some kind of partnership, and and now we see how that has all uh, played out. Hey, while I have you here, uh, one final question. I was legitimately surprised by the Caesar Sportsbook having Missouri's win total set at five for this season. Uh, Not to say that I thought they were going to be a 10-win team or even an 8-win team, and I realize the schedule is, uh, you know, challenging right out of the gate and gets more challenging once the calendar flips to October. But with all of that said, uh, what are your thoughts on on that and where expectations are for Missouri fans and uh, this upcoming season? Yeah, there's always a difference between, like, local expectations and national, I think. you know, from the outside looking in, if you don't follow Missouri every day, and really even if you do, this stuff is all still true, they don't know who the starting quarterback is. At best, they're going to start a guy who started one Power 5 football game in his career. They just lost really the only guy who did anything on the offense last year in Tyler Beatty. Um, you know, they, they don't really have a tight end. A wide receiver, like, I, I mean – Missouri fans are saying, well, Luther Burden's going to score 87 touchdowns and single-handedly, you know, change the program. How many wide receivers single-handedly do that? Um, you know, defensively, they were 
awful last year, and they've added some pieces, but they're transfers, and and we haven't seen most of them do it at a Power 5 level. So from the outside, they're going, okay, Abilene Christian, they'll be Louisiana Tech, they'll be Vandy, they'll be, you know, um, but they're going to be underdogs in six or seven games. A couple of them are going to be toss-ups. You know, they're looking and saying, yeah, they beat South Carolina last year, but South Carolina got Spencer Rattler. Tennessee embarrassed them on their own field last year. So I get that the number is five. I've said, look, if they end up five and seven this year, that's a problem. I mean, not not an Eli Drinkwitz is on the hot seat problem, but this team needs to have a winning record this year for me to feel good about where things are going because recruiting rankings are not unimportant. They're good. But this roster is his. I mean, they have added 25 players through the transfer portal in the last two years. And that comes, hey, you need to win now. You don't need to be 9-3, and three, but I do to feel good about where it's going. They do need to be 7-5. and five. Um, You know, they don't have to win at Kansas State and at Auburn, but I think I'd like to see one of them be a win. You know, you throw South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, like, You've got to at minimum be one and two, and I think really probably two and one in those games. Uh, Because if you get to the end of this year and you've lost to Arkansas, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Kentucky, you're going, well, those are the four schools that really are going to determine what Missouri is. Mm -hmm. Those those games are the difference every year between four and eight and eight and four, um, or, or five and seven and nine and three. And if you lose all of them in year three, I mean, Look, we're getting close to the point that it's going to be fair to say 500 through four years got the last guy fired. So right now he's one game under 500. And I'm not saying 500 after year three gets him fired or puts him on the hot seat. That's not the case. But you didn't hire him to be 500 after four years. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that I'm keeping a close eye on because I know the expectations for Drinkwitz are one thing, and then the reality at this moment is another. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think, like you said, Gabe, so many people are unaware of exactly what they have. So we'll see how things play out once things get underway here. Two months, uh, we're coming up on it, Louisiana Tech and then K-State. You'll have a very good idea within the next uh, 12 weeks what Missouri's status is. Gabe DeArmond will be monitoring conference realignment. PowerMizzou.com is where you can read him and his outstanding staff. Colonel, always great to talk it over with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, fellas, appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here in Missouri to the AFC West. Oh, my <laughs> God. So that'll be fun to see him play the Chiefs and yeah. Chargers and Broncos Mile and Raiders. High. Yeah, Mile High. Again, again cool. disclaimer, the rules don't apply. You say anything you want. So He's however long you. your guys' show lasts, just say anything you want. That it sounds like work. a plan. I'm hearing. <laughs> Colonel, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. There Thanks, is Dave. the Colonel, Gabriel P. D. Armand here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, we will take a commercial break. Little Piddles. Has his fun with arbitrary percentages? Uh, how's the text line treating you? Oh, I was looking at it most of the time, and it was just outstanding. It was really, it put a big smile on my face. All you did was say the data that you wanted to share with the audience. Sometimes speaking facts hurts people's feelings. Oh, my God. You're hardcore now all of a sudden. Look at you. I'm a heel. This is like you've gone from Hulk Hogan, the people's champion, to now Hollywood Hogan and New World Order. It was just, just like that, from face to heel in one segment. Just July 1st, you thought, you know what, I'm going to make my heel turn. Yeah. Little Piddles uh, Friday, fun with arbitrary percentages coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back to the Little Pill Show. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Uh, two more segments, and then it's a three-day weekend. Jackson, what are you doing? You're going Ooh. to where? You, go, you are going uh, to the Hamptons again? No, nah, it's Cape Cod this weekend. Oh, wow. Ham- just a little cooler than the Hamptons? Uh, just, the Ham- just, just those, those, those matter, matter of, what is it, about 128 miles? Yeah. Just and what, do you take north. a helicopter? Or do you? Yeah, well, no. PJ to Logan, and then you helicopter to Cape Cod. Hamptons is a little touristy, a little trendy on 4th of July. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the Cape. and Like the lake? Yeah, yes, very similar. The Cape, uh, Nantucket, and Martha's Vineyard are a better spot for 4th of July. You know they shot Jaws at Martha's Vineyard. So you just tried to make it more relatable, even though I felt like the comments were initially quite elitist. I mean, well, I'm, just I t- mean I'm, just, I'm just telling you how I think the audience would take that. I, I get it, but I'm just going to enjoy the holiday. I don't see what the difference is. Similar to the lake. Lil Piddle's Friday Parlay is here for you. Woo! I think this first one is ridiculous. Yeah. I have to tell you, is it? It's like a freebie. It's like okay, you have to hit a, you have to hit a shot from right under the basket. But then you know you're we're just kind of wasting time. With I, this I'm going to change up the. Well, here's the I'm going to tell the audience what I'm reading. Okay. In the teleprompter, Jack Flaherty will pitch again before the All Star break. I yes meant, or no? I meant to say trade deadline. Okay. I meant to say. trade deadline. you say you meant to say it, but yet you typed out. The all-star break. I was literally thinking about it last night. I was like, wait, in my Will Piddle's Friday party, did I put in all-star break? You were honestly thinking about this. Yes, because I was reading an update about Marcus Stroman, who is on my fantasy team, and he maybe will pitch before the all-star break. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's coming up. Why did I put that in my little parlay? So I meant trade deadline. Trade deadline. Uh, the answer to your question is no. I agree. Uh, but I got to give you a percentage. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. I don't. That's not what I'm asked. Yes or no? Um, throw up a little percentage. Yeah, I there. enjoy a good percentage, uh, especially for Fourth of July. So it's that he will not pitch before. That is correct, and I would say that with eighty-six percent certainty. I was going to say like eighty percent positive. There you go. That one. All right, next one from Little Piddles. Let me know what you meant to say. Here's what you wrote: The Cardinals win the series versus the Phillies. Hmm. Well, just an awful. I mean, you're so good at this, and these just feel like, you know what? I'm just sitting here watching the Kevin Durant news, and I'm just going to send him something. That's what this feels like to me. Well, it's not true. I mean, I was just saying, you, know, you don't hit every day. You can't hit every day, but you got to shoot. Um, well, you're getting three. All of St. Louis is on the edge of their seats for this big Philly series. I sure am. I do like the blue uniforms they wear. Yeah, I do too. I, I like when they play in Philly. That's that's a good sports town. I like I like it up there, but uh, you got three good pitch. You got Michaelis tonight. You got Wayno on Saturday. No, Wayno on Sunday, and the Libertor on Saturday. Three pretty good pitching. Three starting pitchers there. I'll say sixty-five percent chance the Cardinals win the series against Philly. Um, maybe yeah, that's I, a homer I, I play. Think, I think no, I don't. Th- I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I like that. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll roll with you. I actually think that's probably, I would say yes, and yeah. I would go with about two out of three uh, as far as my level of confidence. The so Phillies pitcher I will, I will today. actually agree with you, despite the fact that I think this poll is, is garbage. Garbage. And I, think, and I think the issue with garbage. it, sometimes the result isn't good, but the effort is, and here the result <laughs> is dreadful and the effort was worse. There's my <laughs> candid assessment. It's honesty and media. It's honesty and media, 100%. Well, I think the So Phillies you're acknowledging your effort was bad. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, con- that's a confession. The effort on, on this, certainly on this parlay, but the parlays are hard, man. It's tough to come up with three interesting things to happen. You know, it's the middle. There's only one sport playing right now. It's hard. 
Uh, why don't I try right off the cuff? Sure. I mean, you want to you want to go? Let's go. I'll try it, and, I'll, and you know what? I'll even make it local, and I won't go. What do you think of the Nets uniforms? And did it have something to do with KD wanting out? Here's what we'll go with: the Cardinals will be aggressive buyers or aggressive sellers at the trade deadline. One or the other, yes or no? Uh, or they, will they not be either? They have that's, to. That's be. what I'm asking. I mean, they like have to be aggressive buyers. I mean, it'd be bananas if they weren't. So I'll go. So I'm putting a percentage on aggressive buyers. Mm-hmm. Sixty-eight percent that they're aggressive buyers. What would would a bullpen arm constitute aggressive buyers? Uh, unless it's a premier bullpen arm, uh, hopefully someone under the age of thirty-five who will not be in a tree stand within four months at the end of the season. Preferably not from the Never AL to pick Central. Up baseball again. Yeah, preferably not from the AL Central. Yeah, someone young, still looking to play the game of baseball, not someone who wants to eat some innings. Uh, so a, a premier bullpen arm, I would count, but an aged. An aged bullpen arm looking to close out their career is oh, not man. aggressive. The the climate in St. Louis is prime for aggression yeah. on August 2nd, that being the trade deadline. The climate around baseball with the teams at the top. The Yankees just became the World Series favorite over the Dodgers yesterday, by the way. Now mm. plus 400 if you like the Yankees, who are off to one of the best starts in franchise history, which is really saying something. Uh, with the Yankees, Mets, and the Dodgers all active, and now the Red Sox in the mix as well. It might be tough for the Cardinals. are going to have to really pay in addition to play if they want to be aggressive at the trade deadline. Uh, I will say, but I feel like a mark saying it. I honestly do. I feel like an absolute mark saying it. But I'll say yes. Yeah. But I got to tell you, my heart isn't as in it as it was before because I just feel like I've told myself this before and have been disappointed before. Here's another one for you. I'm again just off the cuff, just kind of just showing the audience. Like here, I can putt from 40 feet blindfolded. Uh, what conference would you, when it's all said and done, everything being equal, you'd like Missouri to be in? SEC. Okay. Now you know there is a large percentage of Missouri fans and people who are not Missouri fans who think Missouri should be in the. Big, Big 10, 10. On, in this portion of the state. Yeah. Now, if you were to say that where the colonel is from, our guest in the previous yeah. segment, they'd go crazy. Right. So a lot of this has to do with where you are in the state of Missouri. Yeah. I would have loved the Big 10 back in the day, but that was because I was choosing between the Big 10 and the Big 12, never thinking the SEC was even <laughs> right, in play. Right. And now that they're in the SEC, because this is all about, now, you, now it might not be all about it for the, the, the listener mm. or for you, especially as a basketball fan, but these decisions are made, and I think you will acknowledge that, even though you're a basketball guy, that these decisions are made on football. Sure. Obviously, the non-revenue generating sports are not factored in, even though they'll be paying a hell of a lot of money for USC to cross the country for their volleyball game against Rutgers in <laughs> the Jersey. The classic Bruins versus Scarlet Knights matchup. That'll be wonderful on the PNL. <laughs> but whatever, fine. Uh, I'm sure they've done the math more sure. than we have to know yeah. that it'll still uh, be the juice will be worth the squeeze. But with that said. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're giving me Big 12 in the 1990s, 2000s, Big 10, and SEC, I might have gone Big 10 then. Mm, gotcha. Uh, then SEC, but now it's SEC. Right. It's SEC all day. And as, as someone who went to Mizzou while they were in the SEC, I can tell you it made a big impact on my enjoyment of Mizzou. Like, them being in the SEC was awesome. It was so great on football Saturdays. It was I mean, the special. Big 12, I, I guess maybe if you're older... And you grew up with the big eight and you like that sure perhaps sure. just because it's comfort and might be right. nostalgic in some capacity but as far as like if you want to go to i mean to, to include stillwater and ames and yeah, manhattan week 
you know, compared and then, to, then it became yeah. Lubbock. You know, don't get yeah. me wrong, you got Austin in there, but that was that was kind of the root of the problem. Right. Uh, it was good for basketball. I'll tell you that. Sure. Growing up in the 1980s sure. and 90s, it was sure. good for basketball, but sure. it, it's, you know, but football-wise, it's SEC and it's SEC yeah, all it's, day. It's, um, yeah. And then uh, final question, I will uh, go with the following. Uh, your, your over-under on Missouri wins, since we were talking about it with the Colonel, I'll set it at five and a half. Five and a half, so you're winning the four cupcakes. Hopefully beating is Kansas State included in that cupcake. You got Evelyn Christian. The cupcake is in the eye of the beholder, little piddles. Fair enough. Because <laughs> Vanderbilt is, is right. conference, so, but, but it's cupcake. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I won't I, I wasn't including Vanderbilt in there. So the SEC wins are Vanderbilt. You South Carolina got a lot better towards the end of the season. And like Gabe said, they got Spencer Radler. Um I'll go over, but they'll win six. Mm. They're not winning anything over that. I'm a little concerned. I um, forgot about how bad the defense was last year. But I will just – I'll say over. So yeah. there. That's yeah. where I am. Because at the but end it, of the day, we're but speculating. But it's not, once again, operating on a, on a confidence level. All right, this is Little Piddle's final question. There will be only four major conferences in college sports in the next five years. Yes or no? Uh, I think that we are going to see something even more substantial, uh, more drastic. Yeah, I, I just think I think at some point, and I don't know how it's going to happen. There is going to be intervention, and I don't know if it's going to come from the conferences themselves or from the government. Not to say that they should be, but I'm just telling you, the NIL thing and the conference realignment thing has college sports on on the precipice, yeah. and it sucks because I absolutely love college football. But I feel like it's it's teetering on on the brink of going into. As Gabe wrote, I wrote I read what he wrote yesterday about it. It's like NFL light now. Yeah. And yeah. but the difference is, you can't you know you can't bounce around uh, and get as excited about you know the chances of oh well you know AFC West maybe it's the Raiders maybe it's the Chargers maybe it's the Chiefs yeah. maybe it's the Broncos and the SEC you don't go well, maybe this is Vanderbilt here you the know it's not there. happening yeah. right so. It's a uh, it's a situation, and I just think I so my answer to that is no, but I don't know what the alternative is going to be. I'm just telling you, I think in the next five years you are going to see we're going to be talking about 2022 as the moment when the change began that college sports is now in a different spot than where it was and what we were used to. I think something is going to happen substantial, whether it be they break away, these schools break away from the NCAA, but then it takes away the NCAA tournament, or there is some kind of intervention on NIL and then on the college conference realignment thing, although I have no idea what the government's position would be to do that. I'm just saying something is going to happen here, even more substantial than what we saw yesterday with USC and UCLA going from the West Coast, literally the Pacific Ocean, to (laughs) the Atlantic Ocean now uh, with uh, Rutgers. All right, we'll take a commercial break. Come back with our final segment of Bloom Party here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I really thought I was managing the clock well today, and then I just looked. I go, all right, we got one segment. Oh, my God, it's 10.55. Yeah. Well, when you get the Colonel on, you just, you, you know that sometimes it's going to get away from you. Well, you got the Cardinals and Phillies this weekend, and uh, we've talked a little bit, and I saw the Post-Dispatch wrote about him yesterday. Chris Nagel, the St. Louis and shot... Five under in his round yesterday, 
Uh, he's a 39-year-old father of three who's been grinding to try to make it, and he uh, starts his day. He'll tee off today in the second round of the John Deere Classic, four back of the lead, not making the cut, the lead. And uh, if he were to somehow do it, he would be playing at St. Andrews. If he finishes in the top three, he's playing at St. Andrews yeah. with our friend uh, and the charity we work with, Birdies for Bipolar, on TMA, Michael Wellington, uh, caddying for him. Wellington was on the show this morning. Nagel's legit, man, I'm telling you. I uh, I put a little wager on him before the tournament. It would be a fun Sunday if he were to somehow win it. It's play of the week. I remember uh, and uh, and I believe if you are still interested, he is plus eight thousand. Yep. To win. Yep. So uh, if you wanted to throw a hundred on that, you can win eight thousand. If he were to win, he has the game to do it. I know yeah. he's a Monday qualifier, and people look at Monday qualifiers as guys who are just happy to be there. He's a different breed. He was leading the U.S. Open field in driving distance. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. people go, well, a guy's a certain age, he can't compete anymore because usually with age you lose driving distance. But that just shows his talent, so the distance thing is not a factor. 39, it doesn't matter. You know, and in golf, hell, we just saw Phil Mickelson win the PGA last year at 51. So uh, with that said, uh, that is something I'll be keeping an eye on this weekend. Man, that would be incredible. Yep. Plus be... 500 for top 10. That's a good play. You can play get too. that? Is yeah. that right? That's a good play. Do both. Might as well. Yeah, just do a little bit. You're looking for a little sweat. You got the Cardinals and Phillies. You got that going on. And uh, Jackson is going to host a chat on his uh, Twitter about these NBA ratings versus the NHL ratings in St. Louis. And he just wants to interact with the audience. Depends how the internet is at the Cape. It's in and out sometimes. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I would have thought you guys would have a better setup. Well, we're getting the fiber optic cable installed, but. And I don't know if it'll be before or after the holiday. Mm, sorry to hear that. I know yeah, it's going to make it tough for you guys. Sucks. Well, we wish everybody a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Happy weekend to everyone and happy 4th of July to everyone. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.